cannabis really is the people's plant. You know, cannabis is a medicine that you can be excited about. You can be inspired. You can be appreciative. You can be pumped to be utilizing this form of health care. The ability to realize that anything external to you is just a mirror. And if you can really start to understand that anytime you point a finger, there are three pointing back at you, then you can live such an empowered life. Like if you think about relationship alchemy, that's really what it's all about. It's like triggering each other into enlightenment. And when you think about this, right, as you clear these distortions, what do you become more of? Who and what you've always been? The pure state of joy, love, and awareness that resides within all of us that's in there right now. For anyone listening, no matter how messed up you feel, depressed, broken, whatever, you have that wholeness in you right now. You know, by no means is cannabis necessary for this, or is it the only way to get there? There are infinite different rivers that lead ultimately to the same sea. Welcome, Welcome home to, to the, the Loving Consciously, Consciously Podcast. Podcast. My name is Amaris. And my name is Eric. And if you are like us, nobody, nobody taught, taught you how, how to love. love. We are best friends and life partners here to vulnerably and authentically share our seven-year journey to unconditional love. Our mission is to help you learn how to love consciously in all of your relationships so we can journey together towards a more effective, intentional, and fulfilling way of giving and receiving love. Loving, Loving consciously. consciously. Together, we have overcome neurodivergence, mental health, addiction, pregnancy loss, infidelity, and grief. After six years, the lack of knowledge on how to heal or love each other through these challenges led to our separation. After us both spiritually awakening and recommitting, we built our new conscious partnership founded on unconditional love and a commitment to personal growth. Thank you for joining us as we put it all out there to show you the duality of our love's pain and beauty. And remind you that you have both the capacity to love consciously and the power to always, always choose love. Namaste and welcome back to the Loving Consciously podcast. We are so excited today because we have an incredible guest with us. We have been looking forward to recording this for weeks and bringing conscious cannabis and conscious plant medicine and just consciousness in general to you all. And so before we get started with that, I would love to ask you, Ryan, to introduce yourself and share who you are and what is your service to humanity. Mm, Amaris, thanks so much for having me. I have been looking forward to this myself for so long now and so pumped to dive in with you and co-create some epic magic. And really who I am is, uh, I like to say with my government name is Ryan Sprague. Uh, you know, I grew up in Boston or south of Boston. And, you know, I wasn't a proponent of the plant medicines until I was 16 um, because I had found that pretty much when I was 16, I came down with generalized anxiety disorder. And the doctors specifically told me that I had anxiety, not that I was experiencing it, but that it was now something that I acquired, basically, you know, and as they put me on pharmaceuticals, I found that nothing was really working. And so at the as a last ditch effort at the recommendation of a friend, I utilized cannabis found that it did work. But then like many people, right, I found this thing that worked really well. But I thought that okay, in order to have this kind of support, I must need more and more of this external thing. And so I found myself in a dependency and then through a series of amazing, amazing experiences, which we can definitely dive into, um, ended up getting into the cannabis industry and working with over 5,000 medical patients, getting into cultivation when I was 18, and really just making my whole life about holistic health, plant medicines, spirituality, psychology, all of these things. And then in 2019, they kind of all formed together. You know, I never expected to be doing what I'm doing now, teaching cannabis, being a cannabis coach, supporting people in their relationship with cannabis, utilizing cannabis ceremonies, you know, things like this. I would have never planned that. But at the end of the day, I started with, you know, psychology when I was 18 and I got into school for that. 
that I went to cannabis school and thought these things were completely opposing. Also was a musician, didn't see that linking with this whatsoever. Then got into the cannabis industry, saw that as something different, then got into coaching. And then all of a sudden, all of these realms just amalgamated together in 2019. And I created my business, Highly Optimized, have the two podcasts. And now I run a big mastermind called the Conscious Cannabis Collective, where we all come together as a series of courses people go through, live ceremonies, live coaching calls, things like that. And it's been absolutely amazing. So that's a super brief version of how I got here today. We can dive into any aspect of it in more detail, but super excited to be here and to share more about it. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. I'm kind of like smiling and giggling because something that we always say is like, you're our favorite stoner and (laughs) you just, you are on this earth for cannabis. There's no doubt in my mind, like it's who you are. It's in your blood. It's in your soul imprint. And I feel that when I relate with you and I didn't realize that your story went that far back and that deep into the world of cannabis. So it's not surprising, but it's really cool to hear. Yeah. You know, and it's funny too, because you know, in that story, one of the big parts I left out too, that there's really like the the thing that lit the fire under my ass is, you know, when I got into cannabis, like I said, I had, I had discovered that it helped me. And then I got myself way too deep in it, right at my own accord. And again, like, to be fair, like it didn't mess my life up or anything. I was just connecting with a lot more than today I would, right. So when I got into cannabis school, I ended up finding the school about five minutes from my house that was opening up. And it was like a holistic health school specializing in cannabis because at this time cannabis wasn't legal in Massachusetts. So they still had to kind of be like a little bit like, well, we're teaching a little bit of that, but it's a holistic healing center, right? When really it was just all cannabis stuff. And so when I went there, I met a holistic health advocate, started getting really into holistic health. I've been in the exercise for a couple of years. And my father's the one that actually paid for me to get in a very interesting thing because my dad had grown up in a time where he saw a lot of, you know, the just say no campaign and things like that. And he had formed belief systems and subsequent stories around cannabis and all of these kind of things. And he had seen a lot of people in his life that had fit that archetype. But what he didn't realize at that time was it wasn't because of cannabis. It's that if someone is lazy and decides to connect with cannabis, they're going to be lazier, right? Like, you know, the plant doesn't make you these things. It's just a non-specific amplifier. So we'll amplify the joy in you. It'll amplify the darkness in you. It'll amplify whatever is already. And so when I got into school for this, I ended up really falling in love with regenerative agriculture and all these different aspects of cannabis, the science, the pharmacological, the medical, et cetera. And in 2014, or actually right before that, I started interning for the school and I started assisting cancer patients and treating their cancer with cannabis. And right after this in 2014, I went to my first music festival, connected with MDMA for the first time, because when I was 23, I'd still never connected with anything except cannabis, no psilocybin, no nothing. And when I came back, I had realized that while I was in Vegas on MDMA, I had this really interesting experience where my dad came through to me. But this was at a time where I wasn't super spiritual. Like, I wouldn't say I wasn't spiritual, but I didn't really understand anything at that point. I was kind of in a, (laughs) a blanket of not knowing. And so when I had this experience in the middle of the crowd, I came home not really knowing what it was. And when I got home, my dad told me he had been diagnosed with terminal cancer when I was in Vegas. And so he had like two or three months to live. And so when I found that out, I really had no way in which to contextualize that or make sense of it in my life. It kind of like fractured me. And I realized that even though my dad didn't want to be thought of as the sick guy, I didn't know how to see him any differently than that. And he had just finished up bringing his brother every uh, every week for three years to Dana-Farber in Boston, like a cancer center. And he had seen what chemo and radiation had done to his brother. Now, his brother had large cell carcinoma, so it was much uh, less aggressive. He had small cell. 
And when they found it, it was already in his brain and everything. And so when he finally told me this and I realized he wasn't going to take treatment, I knew that nothing we were going to do was going to save his life because he wasn't going to quit smoking and doing the things that he loved to do. So I had an opportunity to really be like, well, I'm going to choose to love my dad for the person he's always been, the supportive father, the loving father, you know, albeit unhealthy, but always the best for me. Instead of trying to change him and potentially ruining his quality of life in his final days to fit what I think he should be to be healthy, right? So after a couple of weeks, we took the last harvest we grew together and we turned it into what's called RSO, aka Rick Simpson oil. Its professional name is FICO, full extract cannabis oil. But for any of your listeners, this is what people are using and utilizing. Uh, at least one of the main things, they're also juicing cannabis leaves to treat and cure cancer. I'm not going to say that cannabis on its own in the place of a shitty lifestyle will cure cancer, right? But it can be a huge support in that. And you can go to PubMed now and discover those things with THC killing cancer cells and things like that. But basically, when I turned to this medicine in the RSO, I started administering it to him. And I would sit with him during these times because here's someone who's never connected with cannabis, who's now connecting with the strongest form of cannabis on planet Earth, right? So, so I would sit with him. And this is where the real power of cannabis was shown to me. Because here's my father, you know, I'm an only child. Um, and I have a stepbrother and stepsister, but only child growing up. So I knew my mom and dad very well. I thought I knew him inside and out. And all of a sudden, I give my dad a little bit of cannabis. And all of a sudden, this totally other side comes out of him. This more vulnerable side, this softer side, this much more playful side, this much more connected to God side. You know, all of these things start happening around me. And I have no way to in which to capitulate this or contextualize it or articulate it. But I just know it's happening. And when we were getting his scans back, his cancer was slowing its growth rapidly. Every scan we got back, it was still growing, but it was slowing down quite a bit. So he, his termination date, they had given him, they had said, you'd be lucky to make it to Halloween. He ended up lasting all the way to the end of June the following year. And I don't know if I would have got that time with my dad if it weren't for cannabis. I can't go back and try it a different way. But after that, I realized like, wow, this is the ultimate connection medicine. And I realized that the main issue I see in the world today is a lack of true connection. First and foremost, to whom what we truly are as divine beings having a human experience. And as a result, everything external to that, because as the law of correspondence states, as within, so without, as above, so below. So if we don't know who we are, how do we know what people, places, and things, mission, purpose, anything is right for us? We don't. And so when I had had this like realization myself, I realized like, wow, this is what the world needs more of. And cannabis can be one of these many rivers that can lead to that destination. So I get into the industry. I worked there for five years. And then I end up uh, leaving there when we got bought out by a corporation, starting highly optimized. And that whole journey is wild as well. But I wanted to throw that in there too, because that's like really what lit the fire under me. Having those experiences, helping those cancer patients through their treatment, and then helping my father through the end of his life just changed me forever and allowed me to see cannabis as a totally different plant than I once saw it. Wow. Um Thank you so much for sharing that. That was really vulnerable. I didn't even give you our disclaimer that this is a deeply vulnerable podcast and you just brought it, um, <laughs> you know, lot, lots of love to you and, and to your dad. I, my dad's energy passed on a few years ago and I know that is such a, such a big life transition. And so I just send love for that and appreciate you sharing that with us today. The beauty that is cannabis as mm -hmm. a connector and how it has worked in our relationship and with us as individuals and you hit it the nail on the head. It mm. is a connector and it is an amplifier. Mm. Much like you in your journey earlier on where you said you were told you have anxiety, right? This is this thing that is now part of you. For me in my journey, it was you have depression. All these mental health issues that we were 
that I was struggling with at the time and all the pharmaceuticals that were given to me, at some point, I just didn't feel like myself anymore. My mind and my body were so disconnected from my spirit that I had no ability to really regain that consciousness on my own. And what cannabis did for me was really bring me into myself. I, I always associate my initial connection with my highest self and my true spiritual nature with connecting with cannabis because it is like cutting butter with a hot knife. It just cuts straight through all the mental fog and, every, you know, when you take it with intention, it allows you to connect deeply into whatever intention that you give it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just grateful for what you shared with cannabis, with what you shared about this plant medicine, how it impacted your life, your relationship with your father, and how it can really act as a catalyst for connection on this planet. Thank you so much. It's it's so true, you know, and I think that most people, like I always joke that none of us ever got a user manual for this plant. And then you couple into that the fact that for most of us, we grew up in a time where it was completely illegal. For many of us, it's still completely illegal wherever we live or it's decriminalized, or there's still some kind of regulations around it. And as a result of that, and the war on drugs and all of these things, there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of guilt, there's a lot of family members that really do believe that we are doing ourselves harm by connecting with this plant, because that's what they were institutionalized to believe. So it's like, you know, within this, it's like, okay, I can have compassion for family members that believe that, but also like, I'm going to choose what works best for me. And at the end of the day, I always think it's kind of funny that, you know, there's all these, uh, uh, podcasts and all these things talking about is cannabis safe, right? Or, you know, is it dangerous? And it's like, guys, it's been here for 10,000 years. The Rastafarians, like they literally utilize it all day, every day. If it was that damaging, don't you think there'd be people dropping like flies everywhere? Whereas Advil, you can go to a store and buy it. And no one mentions to you that you can literally get ulcers from taking it, right? Like, there are so many things that we utilize every single day in our lives that are so much more dangerous than cannabis ever could be. And yet cannabis is treated as if it is heroin in our country. I mean, straight up, it's a schedule one still, right? Like that's one of the craziest things. Like I always tell everyone that if you choose, I don't know who still does, probably none of your listeners, definitely none of my listeners. But if you choose to believe the government, like just look at the medical cannabis thing, look at the fact that the government says this is schedule one, it has no medical value. But at the same time, we own a patent for its medical value as a neuroprotectant. Like that is the complete hypocritical gold star of what the government says with this, you know, and at the end of the day, you can really make it make sense by realizing that a plant that you can utilize and grow in your backyard that could help with a myriad of different conditions, the government and pharmaceutical industries, these are businesses, they don't want people to know that. Now, are there certain things you want to be aware of? Of course, right? The same way that you don't want to drink a gallon of water in five minutes, you don't want to necessarily like do certain things with cannabis. At the end of the day, we don't want to demonize the plant for what human beings choose to do with it. You know, it's like a big part of my message is like, hey, put the focus back on you because last I checked, the plant has never held a gun to anyone's head and said, you have to connect with me, right? Like we are the one that puts that joint or that pipe or that, or that volcano bag to our lips. And as a result, we must be responsible for what happens after that. And, you know, when it comes to anxiety and paranoia and these quote unquote undesirable states, you know, first of all, they're the undesirable is just a uh, uh, illusion made in the mind based on duality. 
But at the end of the day, a lot of the best things you can you can discover with cannabis or other plant medicines is are the distortions that are inside of you, like the anxiety, like the depression, like the paranoia, et cetera. But when we don't have any context for why those things are happening, we utilize a plant with friends, we think it's going to be fun, and all of a sudden we receive anxiety or we feel paranoia, of course, because we've never been taught about emotional awareness or any of these things, we're going to do what we've been trained to do, which is scapegoat onto the plant. But, oh, cannabis gives me anxiety. Cannabis gives me paranoia. But if we're doing that one place in our life, chances are we're doing it everywhere. And that's where like, I look at the microcosm of your relationship with cannabis as a great example of the macrocosm of how you relate to your entire life. You know, if you're blaming the plant for why you're showing up the way you are, chances are you're blaming the entire world for why your life isn't going the way you're going. You know, so if you really look into this microcosm, you discover so much about where you are telling yourself empowering stories that are really supporting you in life, but also where you might be running some narratives or stories that are leading to a disempowering state of reality overall. Mm, yeah, I love that so much. The whole time you were talking, I mean, there's so much there, right? From the government to, you know, cannabis bringing out distortions within us and all of these things. And I just kept hearing in my mind, conscious cannabis, like that is the embodiment to me of like conscious cannabis is being aware of all of these pieces. And I love your Instagram content because, you know, you're always posting videos about like, the plant doesn't make you do anything and you know our choice to connect irresponsibly or to connect in excess or to connect to escape that is a choice that we made and this plant has been demonized i feel so deeply and i say all of the time you know i had a, a friend who was doing their thesis phd on cannabinoids like a four-year study of how they impact the brain and I'm more convinced than ever that cannabis is the cure to everything. You know, I'm comfortable <laughs> saying that, but like, I'm, yeah. what does it not help would more be the mm. question at this point. And, you know, for us, our cannabis journey, I did not connect with cannabis other than maybe one time, maybe twice until I was like 25. I mean, it was pretty mm. late. It was after my addiction, you know, definitely after having several years in recovery and, we are big proponents of microdosing. We always have been. We've never been smokers. We've always been edible people. And I'm talking 2.55 milligrams. And we've said this on this podcast many times, but if our listeners are not familiar, you know, edibles are usually sold in 100 milligrams, 50 milligrams, which I have a lot of opinions about. But yeah. and, and they say <laughs> take half or take a quarter. And we're like, oh, my, we're usually cutting these like microscopic pieces and you don't need a lot. And also the spirit of the plant, just kind of like ayahuasca, which we're still coming out of that experience, mm. the spirit of cannabis like lives with you. And now all these years later and through training our bodies with microdosing, you know, over three, four years, I'm able to connect with cannabis without connecting with cannabis. It's pretty wild. <laughs> Every time it happens, I'm like, whoa, this is really cool. And, you know, I just love so much that you have just so much knowledge. And one thing that you said that I really wanted to dig in from earlier mm. is you called yourself a cannabis coach. And mm. you're the first person I've ever heard say this. I don't know if you coined this, but I would really love if you could explain a little bit to our listeners a bit more about cannabis coaching and conscious cannabis use and mm. what that looks like and how we can use that to start repairing our relationship with this sacred plant that is natural that was given to us and we just don't maybe understand how to use yet. Yeah, this is a great question. And to go back a second on what you said about, you know, connecting with cannabis without having to connect with it. You know, it's it's very similar, like this concept for anyone listening, if maybe you're like, wait, how does that happen? Just think about this, right? 
So if you have a romantic partner like you guys, right, you've been together for a while and now one of you goes away on an epic retreat, right? And the other one gets a crazy job offer, right? Or something really amazing happens. And you're like, I don't know what to choose, right? What would so-and-so say? Well, you could like really feel in and figure out what advice they would give you if you know them well enough. Cannabis works the same way. Mm. You know, I know for me, if I'm in a uh, an argument or a, you know, a, a some type of challenging discussion with Rachel, let's say, I know what cannabis would say is, where are you blaming her that you can turn the finger back around on you? I know that's what it will say. Because every time I connect with the plant, after I've gotten into a discussion like that or something, I'm always aware of my own part in the entire equation. And it's no longer about who's right or wrong, anything like that. It's just about, wow, look at how amazing it was that this person was able to act as a mirror for me to see where I was distorting myself from realizing I was God. And mm -hmm. so like when you're able to, you know, connect with this plant in a conscious manner, that's what really becomes possible. That while you're meditating, while you're in your day-to-day -day life, you start to be able to have these psychedelic experiences with no psychedelics necessary, right? No cannabis necessary, no nothing else necessary. And that's not to say that, you know, you need to stop it forever, anything like that. It just means like, wouldn't it be great if you could have your cake, eat it too, and it would be gluten-free, right? Wouldn't it be great if you could connect with cannabis all the time, but never become dependent on it? Well, this is how you do it, right? Like I'm a yes and type of guy. And so like, I'm not gonna tell anyone that you can't be high all the time in order to be high all the time, right? Like you can actually get there in a very natural state. And then what cannabis decides to keep teaching you can be deeper and deeper and deeper. Like the lesson plan continues going way past just, wow, I feel weird, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> cool. <laughs> when it comes to cannabis coaching, I do believe I'm the first person to utilize that terminology based on how many people are like, I've never heard that before, right? Trade so, market. <laughs> it is funny. I've seen a couple other people utilize it now. And I'm so grateful, you know, because the more of us that are out there, the more it'll become a natural thing. But but it's kind of like the blessing and curse of, you know, starting something. Because when I got into this, I didn't really, I didn't know this existed. I didn't know this is where I was going to go with it. I had left the industry and got into coaching. And I thought I was going to become a coach and like get into mindset and things like that. Cause I've always been, like I said before, into holistic health and, you know, bettering myself. And then when I would go meet up with these coaches in real life, we would go on adventures all the time. Like this is in 2020. We we're just going everywhere. Flight prices were super cheap. We were just traveling everywhere. Every two weeks, I was somewhere else. So I would bring my cannabis around my homegrown and people would just be obsessed with it. They would ask me all these questions. And that was kind of my first kind of cue. Like, they were like, why don't you do something with this? And I'm like, well, I'm getting into coaching. And they were all like, what? You could totally mix these together. I'm like, I don't know if that would work. And then it wasn't until I met Paul Check and gifted him some of my cannabis. And he was like, dude, you should really do something with this. That I was like, all right, now I feel like I'm kind of silly if I don't. And then I hosted a men's retreat on Martha's Vineyard in May of 2021. And a lot of the men that were coming had already experienced my typical cannabis ceremony I would do. Because as I was going around, people kept asking me like, oh, do you do ceremony work? And I'm like, okay, I guess I will. So I started utilizing different plants and mainly cannabis, but you know, started working with that, started training with different people. And what ended up happening was um, at this retreat, I had had cannabis workshop on the calendar and I didn't really know what I was going to do for it. So right before the workshop it was like five, 10 minutes before I went outside to stretch because usually I'll get my high ideas when I'm moving my body. So I go out there and this like idea pops into my head. Oh, the conversation with cannabis. And so I'm a big fan of parts work. And so this whole uh, exercise is based on that. And we do it in uh, Breathe With Cannabis for anyone who's come to that. We do a takeoff on it. Sometimes we do it exactly like it is. Sometimes we shift it up. But 
what the conversation with cannabis is, is for those of you that are like looking to improve your relationship with cannabis, looking to connect deeper to it. Maybe you've had dependency, maybe you're new to it, whatever. In your first letter, you're going to be sober. You're going to write a letter to cannabis. And then in your second letter, you're going to connect with cannabis before you write the second letter. And you're going to embody cannabis writing a letter back to you. Now, that's the way we teach it when you go through Connect with Cannabis, right? Because it's a cannabis program. But the idea is you're going to have a lot more challenges in your life than just cannabis. So let's say that maybe you have a challenge with a romantic partner and you decide to take some space, right? Like you guys get in an argument. You're like, all right, you know, I'm going to I'm going to separate this before it gets any crazier. You go into your room. You write a letter to them in a sober state of like what you're feeling. Then you connect with cannabis and you embody what they would say back to you. It allows you to have more compassion, more humility, more of all of these qualities of the heart that are essential for being able to really like see your own ish that you're in, you know, like really be able to see where you're blocking yourself because every time you get triggered in the external environment, it's just a reflection of yourself. And so really what cannabis coaching is and what it became is kind of a, a bunch of different things. Like when I do a one-on-one, -on -one, what I will do is sometimes I'll have clients in a state, we'll just talk about the relationship with cannabis and we'll do different modalities to get them really focused on what the actual root cause of their issue is. Because like I tell everyone, cannabis dependency is no one's main issue. It's potentially their main sign that there is an issue, but it's not the issue. It's what's covering up whatever trauma or whatever is leading you to want to utilize an external source of comfort to comfort yourself. And so a lot of what the coaching is, is helping people see where the real distortions are. In other sessions, we're having people connect with cannabis live. Like I'll have them write out a story. I'll have them connect with cannabis and then we'll actually downregulate their nervous system and try to go through the story. I say try because many times what happens is once they write this story out that they really believe this really limiting, disempowering narrative of how they're not good enough or they're not worthy or any of these things. Once I have them connect with cannabis and they try to read through this, a lot of times they will just alchemize it in the moment. They'll start laughing so hard. They're like, I can't believe I wrote this statement. Like this doesn't even feel like me. And so a lot of times what we'll do too is we'll bring people through like live ceremonies, like breathe with cannabis. But a big part of it is integration coaching, right? A big part of it is, okay, you had a ceremonial experience. These were the ideas you received. This is what you're currently confused on. Let's put this all together and leave this appointment with clear action items on what you're going to do to continue following this breadcrumb trail. So to give an analogy, imagine you go into a ceremony and your intention is to explore a creative block that you're currently experiencing. So you go into the experience and you get the idea that you loved to paint in the past and you really want to get back into painting. So let's say you show up on a call with me. What I'm going to ask you is, well, Amaris, what are you going to do next? Are you going to sign up for an art class? Are you going to buy a paint kit? Well, when are you going to do it? And can you reach out to me the day you have it done and fill me on on what happens? And what will typically happen is we'll take people on a journey of starting to uh, include a lot more synchronicity into their life. Because when you start following these breadcrumb trails of like, wow, that would be fun. Not that logically would make me more money. Not that logically makes sense, but wow, that seems fun. When you start following those cues from your heart, synchronicities will naturally start occurring because they're the positive reinforcement from the universe to keep going in that direction. Because who doesn't like when wild occurrences happen, right? Like you're going to pay attention when that happens. And so when you start having those happen, that's a lot of what we're coaching you through from there, right? Is how do you continue connecting with the plant in a minimum effective dose type way in a conscious fashion so that you can continue getting these ideas that tap you deeper into who and what you truly are, your soul, your heart, et cetera. And then how do we keep supporting you and moving along that path? And that's really what we do. And it's been amazing, you know, very similar to how people might you know, go to an ayahuasca ceremony and do integration calls after it's very similar. But the difference with cannabis and why I love it so much is that 
for most people, they don't have the resources and or the time to go to the jungle for a week and then spend a couple of weeks integrating. They might not know where to find psilocybin mushrooms. They might be scared to try LSD or even MDMA, even with all the research coming out. But cannabis has been around for so long and it's been like kind of like the gold star of the drug war. So like most people are pretty normalized to it. And because people like Sanjay Gupta and it's just been coming out for a while now, right? That dispensaries are opening up in almost every state now. Canada has fully legalized. You know, it's a lot less uh, brash for many people, especially older people that are starting to realize that they're having certain challenges in life, especially with pain and things like that. But they're not necessarily ready to go right to ayahuasca. Cannabis can be a fantastic, not just beginner plant, but advanced and intermediate as well. Because let's say someone has a family of four and they're going through something that they need to move and maybe they're blocked. Maybe their ego is getting in the way. They can't really figure it out. Well, they could connect with some cannabis, go in the room next door, set a timer. If their kid or their family needs something, they could get right up, go do it and walk right back to the ceremony, right? Like it's, it really works with most people's lives these days. Whereas the other medicines, they're fantastic. I've, I've benefited absolutely greatly from them, but they do take a little more time and they're not as normalized as cannabis is. And so that's why I feel it's a couple of reasons. I feel that cannabis really is the people's plant. You know, it's here. Most of us are already utilizing some form of it, whether it's CBD, THC, et cetera. All we really got to do now is just tell people like, hey, go set a timer and close your eyes for 30 minutes after you get this time. Tell me what happens, you know? And so I feel like there's a very small gap between getting all of these people that already connect with the plant to start utilizing intention and start really just thinking about what they experience within it to have a total global shift. And I'm not sure what will happen, but I'm really excited to see it. <laughs> mm, yeah, so much in that. Every time you say idea, I'm just like, I, how have I never thought of this before? It's amazing. <laughs> I just and and the cannabis coach thing as well. Thank you so much for all of that incredible wisdom. I want yeah. to call out Breathe with Cannabis. You very lightly mentioned it. That's actually how we know you. And yeah. we've lightly mentioned that on this podcast a few times. We had Christopher August, obviously, on our podcast recently. Yes. And we have been to every single Breathe with Cannabis event y'all have had. So I think there's been four. Yeah, yes. we're, we're just like the OGs. And uh, every time we're just like so blown away by the combination of breathwork and cannabis and Aaron's spiritual, you know, coaches. It's a, you three are incredible. And so I would really encourage uh, our listeners if you are looking for a super affordable, accessible, it's digital, it's over Zoom, um, you know, it's like $45, $55, depends yeah. on, yeah, it's super affordable, two hours, you are in the safety of your home, and it's with intention, you know, it's ceremonious, we we journal, we are guided through the breathwork session, like, it's incredible, so wanted to save space for that. Another thing that I really want to dig into that you mentioned in the beginning is about relationships. Mm. And, you know, obviously our entire brand here is conscious relationships, love, conscious love, and really expanding that to all relationships, not just romantic. You talked about the ability that cannabis can have to work through issues in relationship. And I would mm. love to hear how that manifests in your life. And, you know, a question we We've only had a few guests so far, but a question that we ask, you know, our guests is what does loving consciously look like in your life and conscious relationship? And I think this is a perfect way to tie these two questions together of how does cannabis incorporate into that and how can people use cannabis for healing their relationships? Mm, I love this question. So I'll tell you how I figured this out. It was when I started building Connect with Cannabis and I was thinking about like, you know, what would I want to put in here? You know, what have I discovered about cannabis that you know, I think others would benefit from or find value in. 
And that's when it dawned on me that the one thing, whenever I got in an argument when I was younger with my parents or a girlfriend or anything like that, the one thing my mind would be extremely against doing would be connecting with cannabis. Because I knew even before I was conscious enough to really understand it, I knew that like the second I connect with that plant, I'm going to start apologizing. And I know I'm, I'm right, right? Now, when I started to become a lot more conscious in my later years, I started to realize like, wow, that's actually like the best part of it. Like now, if I'm finding myself triggered, I will specifically connect with cannabis so that I realize where I'm holding my own hand in the, in the fight, if you will, right? And I think it's so important because for me, what loving consciously looks like, the ability to realize that anything external to you is just a mirror. And if you can really start to understand that anytime you point a finger, there are three pointing back at you, then you can live such an empowered life. The other thing too, is that nothing is personal. You know, one of the best books I ever read was the four agreements. And that one agreement has helped me so much, right? Because if you can, a lot of times, at least for me, when I'm in an argument, the story my mind will be telling myself is that they're doing this to you, right? As if I'm a victim and they're, you know, the villain, and in reality, they're not. They're just a human looking to get their needs met. Maybe they're unclear on what their needs are. Maybe they're very clear and you don't like it either way. And at the end of the day, if you can separate, they're not doing this to spite me. They're just speaking their truth. And maybe it's gotten a little heated. Maybe we're get, we're triggering each other. Great. Why, why else are we in relationship? I mean, yeah, there are many reasons. But like, if you think about relationship alchemy, that's really what it's all about. It's like triggering each other into enlightenment. But if you decide that you want to play the victim, you know, I, I did that for many years, right? Everyone's got to go through their own phase of doing it. But, you know, it just doesn't get you anywhere good. And so I think for me, like, what cannabis can really do is allow you to become more present. And, you know, the, the image that comes to my mind is, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there was a Burning Man installation from about probably four years ago, right before the pandemic happened, I think. And it was uh, two adults, right? It was like, um, how do I put this? Kind of like a wire frame of two adults, right? So you can see the inside of them. It's like a wire frame. And it's two adults sitting back to back, right? Like mad at each other. But inside the wireframe are two inner children looking to connect, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's what cannabis does. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, except that's what cannabis does. Cannabis allows you to get unadulterated long enough to realize that this other person is not a, a villain. They're not trying to do anything to you. You're just someone who maybe got wounded based off of a previous wound and they're bringing it up. And if you actually realize what to do with that, you guys can have fantastic conversations, you know, lead to healing, you know, lead to being able to open up more mission and more purpose in your life. Because every challenge that Rachel and I get into becomes something that literally no joke, I shit you guys not, her and I will get into a discussion, let's say, right? Maybe one of us will get triggered, then we'll figure out and come to a resolution and life is good. The next day, one of us will have a client going through the same thing. So it's like, I don't know if that's just me creating my reality, but what I do know is when you can start to also realize that any challenge you go through in life, whether in a relationship, whether in business, whatever, is allowing you to teach and guide from a higher point of view, then you really turn your entire life into a win because now you're either winning or learning, you know? And so I really feel that's what cannabis does is cannabis really allows you to get unadulterated, get back into your seat of inner child. And also the seed of the soul, the seed of the heart, the seed of you that 
doesn't take anything too seriously, right? That knows that everything here is very important, but you don't have to take it seriously and allows you to realize like, you know what? How can I come together with this person and find a common ground? Not how can I try to beat them in this argument? Not how can I try to prove myself right? Not how can I find that they're wrong, but just how can we come together and find a mutual solution? That's what cannabis does. And that's what cannabis has now taught me to be able to integrate into my day-to-day life. Because now, like that, that question that you asked, right, is like, you know, as soon as I get into a, a triggering state, I ask myself, what would cannabis tell me right now? And it fucking annoys me because my ego really wants to hold on to this, this challenge I'm going through. But I know right away, I'm like, all right, where am I playing a role in this? And if I can just continue to get myself to find that being a really good thing, like, oh, I get to see another distortion now. Awesome. I get to now heal it. Then I don't know what the ripple effect is that of that is going to be in the world. But I think if everyone could get to that level, we'd have a much different world, you know? And so that's what cannabis has taught me with regards to relationships <laughs> so far. I, I love all that. And when you said triggering each other into enlightenment, yeah. I, I I just might have to start using that phrase. That just might be my new favorite phrase on planet Earth because if I had to describe conscious relationships in one sentence, I yeah. think that that would be it. You are literally triggered. It's just a constant mirror and it's just triggering the shit out of each other. But the growth is so expansive and it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. And I just love the way that you you worded that. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and for doing this work for yourself so that you can also share it with others. It's mm. It really is beautiful to see someone doing this work out in the world because mm. cannabis was such an integral part of my awakening and my finding myself. And like you said, there was no manual. And so I went from using cannabis from an unconscious state into slowly switching that uh, the needle over to consciously using it. And there was a lot of trial and error there because for a large part of the time that we were unconscious in our relationship and cannabis use was involved, it was an escapism tool. It was a tool to enhance whatever the our energy and our spirit was focused on. And mm. when I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror, cannabis was like, oh, great, cool. Why don't you look at this, this movie? It's going to be the best movie you've ever seen. You know, this is going to be the best meal you've ever had, right? You're going to go have the best time of your life, right? Because that is where our intention is. However, when you're willing to look in that mirror and you're willing to say, okay, teach me, I'm open, I'm receptive. Cannabis will be like, oh, great, here's the mirror for you. And then when you look into that, you find yourself, you find yourself in a way that has been so clouded by all of the programming that we receive in our adult lives, right? We start off as innocent children, we get programmed, our ego grows, we become that version of ourselves, And then the journey after that is deprogramming and finding your inner child again. So I love that metaphor of the two angry adults and the inner children looking for connection because that is kind of where we are in relationship with each other on this planet right now yeah. and conscious partnership as well as conscious relationship in general right it's not just about romantic relationship it's about mm -hmm. consciously relating with friends consciously relating with family with our pets with the planet the, the planet yeah thank you mm -hmm. you know and by extension it's consciously relating with plant medicine right how we integrate these tools in our life like you say is just a mirror for how we are interacting with life in general and it shifts us from 
the victim mindset and that of, oh, the world is a perpetrator and I'm in my experience because everything around me is creating that versus, no, I am the creator of my own reality and I have the power to change that. And cannabis is a great tool to help you understand where you are in your life and what you are able to change and what you have control over so that you can start creating a new reality. It's incredible the depth that cannabis provides. Like you were saying, the lesson plan doesn't stop at, oh, I feel weird, right? <laughs> it just keeps growing. And I have had such deep, intensive learning sessions with cannabis that are on par or deeper with some other plant medicines that really take you there. The beautiful part about it is when you stop and consciously say, I'm going to write this down, right? What you're doing with your coaching, encouraging mm -hmm. people to journal, to sit with the information, it's all there right? But then you have to act on it, right? Because as quickly as these the, the teachings come, they can disappear if we don't act on them. And so that's the key point, learning about yourself, writing it down, and then consciously making a choice to say, I'm going to do something differently when I'm in the same situation. And if you don't succeed the first time, that's okay. The more you are consciously aware of that situation as it pops up in your life, the more you have the ability to change it in the future. I think, too, something that I'm kind of sitting here thinking about and I was thinking about it earlier when you were talking, Ryan, is like this concept, right? This is so normal to us. Like we get together every month. You you do this for your life for what yeah. a decade now plus. <laughs> but to most like average American people who may be going to the dispensary, who, you know, get super stoned every day, whatever it may be, like the concept of conscious cannabis is very new. And I mm. see that all the time. I'll mm. never get over the look on people's faces when we tell them, have you ever considered microdosing it? Have you ever considered setting an intention and telling the medicine what you want to do? I mean, I just recently we saw a friend in Vegas and, you know, big cannabis user for decades. And we said that. And I mean, his jaw actually fell onto the table and he was like, 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 tell it what I want it to do. And I'm like, yeah, like set an intention <laughs> with the medicine and Something else you said to tie into this that's really beautiful that I guess I just hadn't even processed is, you know, in this realm of plant medicine, which is vast, and now after ayahuasca, we've pretty much kind of dabbled our toes in all of them, you know, the DMT, the MDMA, the LSD, psilocybin, ayahuasca, and I never really conceptualized or processed what you said about how cannabis is like the people's plant it's the starter plant it can be low medium or high like depending on what you're looking for and you know the power of plant medicine is so great and I just can see especially even having this conversation with you how cannabis is just a really great place you know for people to go and so I'd love if you could share a little bit about your advice and your insight on whether they're new or they're you know maybe don't have the healthiest relationship with cannabis like how do you recommend people start healing that relationship and or starting it which is also healing it right to Definitely. to welcome this sacred plant medicine into their lives and start exploring how that can help them heal and transmute and connect with themselves Mm, yes, I love this. And I just love what you guys said. Like both of you guys had just the best statements right there. So I want to say game recognized game for that because there are so many things with cannabis. Like I really think that it is the day and age to be our own guru once again. And like you were saying, Eric, and also Amaris too, like, you know, the, the days of wanting to blame the world for why we feel the way we feel and are showing up the way we show up, 
you can still choose to do it, but it's going to be a very lonely world in the next 10 years if you want to do that, because more and more people are going to start realizing like, wait a minute, I'm not going to tell myself a shitty story because every time I saw my tell myself the shitty story, I get myself deeper into the shitty story. Like I'm the only one that can save this. So why am I choosing to argue for my limitations rather than my possibilities? And we're seeing a big global shift start happening just overall. So of course it's happening within cannabis too, right? Because how we do anything is how we do everything. And so if someone listening is either just starting out or an experienced user, really the process is the same because we're talking about relationships and relating, right? So even if someone is new to relating with cannabis, chances are they have many other relationships in their life, maybe with actual human beings, pets, et cetera, but also with other potential coping mechanisms, right? Maybe it's pornography, maybe it's bad food, maybe it's even a quasi healthy one, like going to the gym four times a day, right? Like we all have these different coping mechanisms and I'm not going to say they're bad, right? Like I have my own, of course, but they are things to be aware of. You know, at the end of the day, there are certain things we can do to allow us to move through life. And as long as they're in check, that's okay. What happens when one cup of, co one cup of coffee turns into seven though? You know, so it's like, is having a coping strategy of having one cup of coffee a day bad? I don't personally think so, so long as it doesn't interfere with your life. So what I would do is I would start at the at the discovery level. So whether you're new or experienced, you want to figure out what your current patterns are, either with the plant or with other coping mechanisms in your life. Because let's say you're new to cannabis and you're like, well, I've never utilized the plant before. I don't really have any coping mechanisms with it. I have a, I don't have any relationship with it. Well, let's look into where else you are coping. Maybe you have a horrible pornography addiction. Well, if you get into cannabis without addressing that, what might happen is you'll start ha having that lead over into cannabis because how we do anything is how we do everything. So even if you're new to cannabis, I'd highly recommend this point. So for the first week, you're not even going to look at cutting down on cannabis. If you're new to cannabis, you're not going to try to start at anything. You're just going to, for the next week, anytime you find yourself, if you're a cannabis user craving cannabis, or if you're a new cannabis user and you've never used it before, anytime you find yourself getting triggered or stressed and going for a coping mechanism, whether that's pornography, cannabis, nicotine, caffeine, whatever it is, you're just going to pattern interrupt yourself by asking why and keeping track of all of your answers. So over the first week, Every single time you go to connect with cannabis or any other coping strategy, you're just going to write yourself a little note in a journal of why I was bored. I got home from work and work sucked. I got into an argument with my romantic partner. I'm just bored again. And after the first week, you're going to look at that list and you're going to start to find correlations. You're going to start to realize like, wait a minute, seems like 75% of the time, the trigger is the fact that I really don't like my job. Well, now the question becomes, what are you going to do about that? If you choose to believe you are the hero of your story rather than the victim, what are you now going to do about that hero? Are you going to choose to go find a new job? Or maybe can you deepen your why and allow the potential how that is going to this job to be able to deepen, right? So are you going to allow your meaning to grow to a level where now you can go to this job that you don't really like, but you can see it now contextualized in helping you do your, your dream more? So what are you going to do about that? So the next step after that, you found your why's you've drawn correlations. Now the step is really figure out what do you want your relationship with cannabis to look like, right? My, my usual saying is if I could wave a magic wand and you had the perfect relationship with cannabis, what would that look like? What would it feel like? How would you feel when the thought I want to use cannabis comes into my head, right? How would you feel about that? Would you feel like you could easily say no to it? What would this really look like? And then the final step is 
who must you become to have that type of relationship with cannabis? So that's really what the process is, right? That's what we bring people through. That's course one in our, in our CCC is really bringing people into like, Hey, uh, you didn't join this program because you have a problem with cannabis. You might've thought you did, but really your problem is your relationship with self. So now we're going to heal all the distortions in your relationship with cannabis, right? Allow you to start utilizing this plant for what it's actually meant to do. And then we're going to dive into why you're really here, which is your relationship itself. So we're going to figure out why did you choose to come here at this time? Where do you come from? What, how do you tell if you're on purpose? Um, what are the routines, the ritual practices that are going to allow you to become highly optimized so that you have the energy to come at your dream every day? How are you going to show up in your relationships, right? Let's talk about all of that and allow the plant to help you. And then the final course, we actually have people go through and heal all of the distortions. So we go from the discovery phase of really mapping out your perfect relationship with cannabis into connecting with the plant, into healing with it. And so that's what I would tell people is at the beginning, just get clear on if you're currently in a dysfunctional relationship with it or anything in your life, figure out why, draw correlations, figure out what you want your relationship to look like. And then from there, you got to figure out who you got to become, right? So maybe you got to go to bed earlier. Maybe you got to not utilize cannabis on the weekdays because you're realizing you're numbing out a lot after your job, right? Like the vision plus the whys will tell you exactly what you need to do to form the perfect relationship with the plant. So that's where I would start for anyone listening. Oh, that was such wise advice. Thank you so much. Something you said that just penetrated to like the depths of my soul was you don't have a, a problem with your relationship with cannabis. You have a problem with your relationship with yourself. You know, in my background, I was a meth and heroin addict and, you know, went to prison and that I'm nine years clean now. And when I came out of traditional couple years of traditional 12 step recovery, I was blessed that that was kind of, I think, my first seat of consciousness and my first like, wait a minute, I don't have a drug problem. Like I have a me problem. I have a trauma problem. At the time I said, you know, I have a mental health problem. Like the drugs are not the problem. And that's not traditionally how and not, this is not just, you know, with addiction, but any negative, I hate to use that word, but negative relationship, they traditionally are like, oh, you are, you know, an addict of this thing. And it really all comes back to self. First, I just want to start off by saying, I appreciate so much how clearly you laid all that out as a tangible, like step-by-step process for people to do. And then also offering support for that process through highly optimized, because mm this you know why while we can talk about it easily you know over podcasts and our journeys the true reality of it is that this is this is like tough work right yeah this is some serious shadow work and while we are now on the other side of it and when i say on the other side of it i mean for me and myself past that initial hump, right, of unconsciousness and really being deep in the trenches, the work is never over. It's Mm. always constantly learning and you're going on a deeper level. You're offering support for people in that space. And I just want to say as someone who's gone through it, um, thank you for doing that. And another point that you brought up was about, you know, healing your relationship to unconscious patterns and addictions prior to working with the medicine because it really is an amplifier and part of my journey was sexual addiction that manifested in pornography use and masturbation and talking to um, people outside of our relationship looking for validation right Mm. these were all things that were based off of connection and that were based off of that sexual kundalini energy that's present within us and 
the universe as a whole, right? It's that energy of creation. And something that I've noticed with experiencing in this plant is that it really opens up that sexual energy. And it has a way of tying you into that essence of creation and allowing you to manifest from it. Mm. And if you have distortions in that sexual energy, they can be greatly, greatly magnified by this plant. <laughs> and it really is imperative to, to heal that relationship with yourself, with connections with others, because we are not our addictions, right? We experience these things and these coping mechanisms, and they're present because they're, the ego is trying to keep us safe, right? And when we journal and when we write these down and understand our triggers, we then can take the burden off of our ego, off of the plant, off of whatever you're escaping with, and shoulder it yourself. Like you said, be the hero of your own story. In that taking your power back, you can then have healthy relationships with the things that you maybe didn't have healthy relationship with before, right? It's mm -hmm. not a black and white oh, I've had this unhealthy relationship, which means I can never do this thing again. No. Mm. Let's first stop, realize, why are you having an unhealthy relationship with this thing? Let's heal that. Heal that relationship with self. And then you can reintegrate these things in a healthy way. Mm, it's so mm. true. I remember what I was going to say now, and mm. I just want to disclaimer this, and I'm totally going to leave this in here because I just think it's funny. And we're talking about how life's not so serious, but I did not <laughs> connect with cannabis today. I'm just like that enthralled by this conversation. Like I'm going really deep in thought here. But the mm. other thing that you thank you for sharing that love. Mm. Um, the other thing that you said was, you know, asking your know, clients, whatever you call them, mm. like, what do you want your relationship to look like? And this mm. ties so beautifully into this kind of last key topic I really want to touch on, which is cannabis and spirituality. And mm. I'm using it for that path because, you know, when we came out of our ayahuasca ceremony up until this last week or so, we're what, almost two months into the year we have connected with cannabis once and it was your breathe with mm. cannabis event like we were prepping for ayahuasca we were coming out of ayahuasca and i i chose we both chose to do the full two weeks after ayahuasca sober so we had a full 30 days where it was just mother aya and coming out of that about the start of february we were like okay like i think we're ready to connect again and we both really deeply sat with me especially i was like man like this is an opportunity to from scratch, rebuild my relationship with cannabis because it's rapidly becoming very conscious, very spiritual. I mean, it always was, but like much more so thanks yeah. to the Breathe with Cannabis events and your content. And it was like, I don't want to just like start again, right? Like we had purchased the the charging plate and the things you mm. mentioned in your podcast. Yes. Highly recommend checking out Ryan's podcast. Yes. And, you know, I just was like, I really want to create this intentional relationship. And so now- the handful of times that we have connected, we sit down in front of each other, we hold the medicine in our hand after it's been on the charging plate, and we say out loud to each other, my intention for this medicine is. Mm. And it just has been this really beautiful, I feel like I'm like re-meeting or like re-dating cannabis again, because it's from this new state of consciousness, especially after ayahuasca, which will change your whole perception of reality. 
I just, I, I don't think I ever could connect with medicine without it being that deeply ceremoniously. And, you know, that's just my experience, but I would love to dig a little bit into, you know, cannabis and spirituality and maybe what that journey has been like for you and how, I mean, I can obviously talk for us how we've used it, but I think there's a really deep correlation of, you know, as we all awaken to that we are divine beings having this human experience, we're spiritual beings, how cannabis can help us on that spiritual journey. Because like he said, you know, this is rough. Like this, this stuff is, you know, we're warriors out here, like seriously. And, you know, especially (laughs) through plant medicines, like some, some deep shit's going to come up, you know, your darkest, most unconscious patterns and traumas. And that was my ayahuasca experience. I had repressed childhood abuse come up. Like, you know, we, we need all the help we can get out here. And, you know, our tool is love. Your tool is cannabis. And so I'd love if you could share more and dig into that piece of how can we use cannabis, you know, on our spiritual journeys and to kind of help heal and transmute some of this deep pain and suffering the world is in right now. Yeah. Another great question. And I really appreciate you guys sharing that too, because yeah, it's like you go out there and try to fuck around and find out with this stuff. Like, you know, no wonder so many people try cannabis and they're like, no, I'll never do that again. Like (laughs) it's not because they felt some weird feelings. It's because of what they are unaware came up. They were aware of it in the experience, but their ego protects them from really seeing why after it just reminds them don't ever fucking do that again. Right. But at the end of the day, It's not because that thing was negative. It's just because they didn't understand how it worked. It's like if you get in the Corvette and you slam the gas pedal, not knowing what a gas pedal is, and you smash a tree, it wasn't that the Corvette was bad. It's just that you had no context for what a car was or how to drive a car. So it's Mm -hmm. like maybe you saw one of the movie, right? Like we hear kids doing this all the time, right? Like, you know, very young kids taking their parents' cars out, not knowing and getting into crazy trouble. It's not because the car was bad. It's because they've just seen other people do it. They didn't really know anything about it. And they just tried to do it. And when it comes to plant medicines, like, you know, I think a lot of people, especially people that are very in the left brain dominant view of reality, where they're like, energy, man, really energy. Like those are the people I worry about the most. Like it's the people that like right before a ceremony are like, nah, man, it's a bunch of plants. What's it going to do? I'm like, Oh, watch out for that guy. That guy's going to be butt naked running through the streets, probably trying to gorilla <laughs> smash people. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy what can happen out there, you know, especially when you fuck around and you find out, you know, and that's why we do hold the space for it because, you know, there's a lot that can happen. And especially right now, I'm sure you guys have seen it too. You know, I'm a huge psychedelic proponent. I love psychedelics. And at the same time, I'm also aware that they are a piece to the puzzle, but they're not the entire thing. And I think a lot of people think that like, no, it's like how many ceremonies I have. Like once I get to a hundred ceremonies, then I'll be healed. It's like, that's not really how it works. You could heal on one ceremony. You're gonna take a thousand. You never know, but it's really based on how well you integrate. And so when it comes to cannabis and spirituality, you know, really how I view it is very similar. I think Eric, you had brought it up before, but We are born into this world and we're essentially God in human form, right? We are aware of it, but we're not really aware that we're separate yet. We're like just a baby looking around at the world, completely incapacitated. We need to have people take care of us, whatever, but we're basically God. Then we start to fall out of that, which I think is really funny, actually. Like you ever watched a kid like go from like zero to six years old? It's like watching the slowest coming out of a DMT experience you've ever seen. You know, (laughs) it's like really what it is. Like they're like shitting everywhere. They're like coloring on walls, you know, like it's really similar. Once I get to six, their ego starts forming. And now they start to learn duality and all of these are very 3D constructs, right? These things that don't actually exist, but typically the people that are teaching them it really believe it exists. 
because they were taught by people that really believe it exists because they don't remember when they were kids and it didn't exist. So it's like this constant, like cyclical nature of humans and adults teaching the kids how to like basically do taxes and the kids hopefully reminding the parents how to be God again. You know, it's like, doesn't really seem like a, you know, a positive uh, in terms of like waiting relationship, but you know, you get all these programs in you from people that let's, let's be real. They're trying the best of the information they have, right? Even people that go through traumatic upbringings, their parents are traumatized. They remember the society are traumatized. Like, I don't believe anyone's trying to go out there and fuck people up, but things just happen. So at a certain point, you end up at an age where all of a sudden you start acting out, right? Maybe it's in your, you know, early years. Maybe it's in your teenage years. Maybe it says you're an adult, but you start realizing something's going awry here. And so the same way that on a computer, if we get a virus, we might go download McAfee virus program or some type of like antivirus software. Well, that's what I see cannabis and plant medicines being one version of. Now, we could also say that coaching, you know, therapy, any of these other modalities could be that virus software too. But I think that where cannabis and these other medicines are so powerful is that when you really understand the nature of where these things get stored, you understand the subconscious, then you understand why talk therapy alone doesn't really do a whole lot. Because I mean, it can, but typically it doesn't. Because if you're coming from a beta brainwave level, you are in your ego and default mode network. And in that mode, your ego and default mode networks job is to quote unquote, keep you safe. Now that sounds amazing in theory, right? Oh, I have these parts of me that are keeping me safe. Yeah, but like, imagine if like a teenager was trying to keep an adult safe, like the silly things the teenager would think they have to keep the adult safe from, like the adults, like, you don't have to protect me from that. What are you doing? Right? So as we start going through these traumatic experiences, things like that, the ego goes, we can't see those. So we just start stuffing them down. Right. And just like we probably done in the kitchen, you can only stuff the trash down so much before you got to change the back. Right. And so at a certain point you realize man, like, I don't feel like I can push this bag down anymore, right? Maybe I'm at my wit's end. Maybe I'm having nervous breakdowns. Maybe I'm having anxiety attacks, panic attacks, severe depression, CPDSD, any of these kind of things. And so what do we typically do? We have people go to therapy, which keeps them stuck in the level of thinking that created the issue in the mean in, in the first place, right? Because the issue is not actually the thing, right? If you had a traumatic childhood, if you had any of these horrible things happen, right? Those things are not the issue. It's the story being told around those things, that you are disempowered because of that, that you're broken because of that. It's those things that are keeping this event in your nervous system. So in order to get into that, we can't go on the typical computer screen. We have to restart the computer in safe mode. And so what that is, is we connect with a medicine that can get us out of that beta brainwave level state into alpha and more importantly, theta. Now, theta is the doorway to the subconscious. It's what gets utilized with hypnosis when we get hypnotized. But as we know about hypnosis, not everyone is able to be put under hypnosis. And so what's great about plant medicines is that it's not that you can't do this in a sober state, but it takes it takes a very avid meditator or someone that has a really good awareness of like themselves to be able to do that. And when we look at the world today, none of us were trained in these things. So most of us are infants when it comes to being able to be our own healers. So we have these intermediaries here, these teachers, AKA plants, that can allow us to get the experience of shifting our brainwave and going into safe mode. And then if we know what to do there, if we're working with the right person or we have the right skill set, we can start reprogramming our subconscious mind. And like you had said earlier, Eric, when you come out of that, it's not that poof, you're magically fixed. It's now you've created a new path, but you have to wear that path in the same way the old one has been worn in. So like when your partner says, Hey, can you clean the dishes? 
and you get triggered, now you realize, wait a minute, that's just because my mom who never took care of me would always tell me to put away the dishes. And I felt pissed because I had just cleaned the whole house and I was only eight years old, right? When in reality, like my partner's just mad because they would have to clean it up otherwise. So like in that moment, you can remind yourself like, it's not personal. I just have my plates out. They like to clean the house. It's okay. And so you start really like reminding yourself in the moment, the same way you would to a kid, you know, the same way you would if a kid spills water, right? You'd be like, oh, like, when the cup full, falls over, water spills out of it. We want to keep the water in the cup next time. Well, they might spill it a couple more times, but every time they're going to start getting it a little bit more. So if we could be more like that with ourselves, that is what cannabis and other plant medicines really do, at least in my experience, like broken down in kind of like logical terminology. And when you think about this, right, as you clear these distortions, what do you become more of? Who and what you've always been, the pure state of joy, love, and awareness that resides within all of us that's in there right now for anyone listening, no matter how messed up you feel, depressed, broken, whatever, you have that wholeness in you right now. It's just a kitchen table that may have some papers on top of it. It's not that the kitchen table isn't still there. It's not that we can't still make memories at it and or eat amazing meals at it, have Thanksgiving, these kind of things. It's just that we've forgotten because the table, which was once to create memories, has now become a place to just like throw papers on. But at any point, we can start taking those papers off, even if it's just one a day. And eventually, that table will be cleaned again. And so like what I want everyone to know is that you're not broken. There's nothing to fix. There's just some distortions and what Hamilton Souther would call nonsense to clear out of the way to remind you of whom what you always have been and always will be, no matter what lifetime you're in, no matter what planet you're on, et cetera. <laughs> I love so much that you said that. And it brings perfectly to what I was going to say, but just that those last words, you're not broken. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're just full circling here that this is a medicine it's a plant, it's a medicine, plant medicine. That's, that's why we call it that. And, you know, as someone who there's a lot of emotions coming up, but just I, my whole life, you're bipolar, your depression, insomnia, anxiety, PTSD, CPTSD, OCD. I have every label in my very long psychiatric file, you know, that led me into heroin addiction to just shut it down, just shut it all down. I can't do it anymore. Multiple suicide attempts, you know, self-harm, all of those things are in my story. And, plant medicine has been the most profound gift that has been given to me and each one that I connect with and each time that I connect with them it's like it's like ayahuasca I did 30 years of healing in in one night you know and <laughs> cannabis just every time it's like it just lifts the fog and it parts the sea and it's like here's the answer like it just it doesn't waste any time like like mother cannabis, she just gets right to the fucking point. Like here's, mm -hmm. here's the thing. And, and, and every time I'm doing the thing right now with my hands and my face, but we go, Oh my God, like that's <laughs> the answer. Like, and it's just like, you can't write it down fast enough because it just, you don't even usually need to connect for long. Like it's right there. And it's just been so profound. And what I really, you know, out of everything we've talked about, there's one thing that listeners take home is please, please, please start considering welcoming integrating that this is a medicine right this isn't just like this thing that we go to a dispensary and we get stoned and we eat munchies and we watch funny movies like not demonizing that right like you know mushrooms can be fun other plant medicines yeah. can be fun i don't really know how ayahuasca could be fun like that but <laughs> maybe 
but really just driving home, tying this all into, you know, this is a medicine and it's been a profound medicine for us for a plethora and multitude of things. And that is what my, my hope and my intention and my dream is, is that we can start to heal this relationship. I think we're there, you know, I think we've come really far and the research is speaking for itself. The, you know, all the cancer patients and epilepsy, right? Like we're all comfortable for it with that. So why can't we start to be comfortable with it for, you know, um, all of the other things? And so I just, I share that to kind of share, like, this medicine is so powerful. And I just love that there's people like you out here doing this work and hope that we can, you know, through this conversation and continuing this conversation, just really bring this exalt is the word I'm hearing, exalt cannabis back to this sacred podium that, you know, it deserves. One thing that you brought up that's incredibly important to know for people is that we do, as a society, tend to live in that default mode network of these pathways that are carved down deep in our brains. Like if you can imagine a river, right, a small creek versus the Grand Canyon, right? Mm. Every time that we play out a thought in our life, give it energy, identify with it, it carves a deeper rut. And so through cannabis or whatever healing modality you're do, you're utilizing to change the reality of your life, you are essentially filling the Grand Canyon up with dirt while carving a new canyon. And so that is, that takes a significant effort. And I say this all the time on our podcast, but have grace with yourself as you do it. Yeah, Unconditional love for yourself and for others is the way that I believe we heal. And the beautiful part about plant medicine, whether it's cannabis or any of the others, is that it allows you to essentially experience what it would be like for that new Grand Canyon to exist in your life, Mm. right? It gives you that vision of what that new reality is. It doesn't do it for you. It doesn't automatically make that switch from one to the next. It just shows you, hey, this is the painting and it's up to you to go and manifest that in your life. Mm, that's yeah. beautiful now, do love. Something I would be completely remiss if we did not get this in this episode <laughs> that you say in the Breathe with Cannabis events is I took a medicine and it's doing its job. You know, I think I mentioned this to you briefly on Instagram and I just want to share this with our listeners because this is how profound and impactful it was for me. When I was, you know, deep in my ayahuasca journey ceremony, if you will, I heard your voice saying that to me and it was, it was deeply needed at a really difficult moment, you know, and I want to encourage listeners as they start this journey, continue this journey, start to repair this journey, wherever they're at in their cannabis journey from you know zero to a hundred that they understand, you know, this is a medicine, right? Like I said, and if you could share a little bit about that, because I've never heard that. And hmm. it maybe it's something else like you've coined, but I think it <laughs> would be a really beautiful way to leave them with this nugget of hope and of support as they journey through this. Wholeheartedly agreed on what both you guys said. And, you know, it's like when it comes to medicine, you know, like the same way that I always use gym analogies because they're super simple and they're very logical, but, you know, like the same way that if we've been going to the gym for a while, 
And the analogy here would be someone who's on a self-development journey. Maybe they're into exercise. Maybe they've been doing the dieting. Maybe they're doing intermittent fasting. Maybe they're doing saunas, cold plunges, whatever it is, right? They're starting to get a little uncomfortable. Um, they're starting to get reps in, right? And now this person decides to, let's say, uh, go to the gym and PR deadlift. Well, like, you know, they could feel amped up on the way there. They got their pre-workout hidden, et cetera, right? But as soon as they get on that bar and they start to lift, every thought's going to go through their mind of like, why am I even doing this? Should I even be here? Am I even good enough to do this? Like all these things. And they will forget all of the stuff they did that does allow them to be at that podium picking up that bar. All those days that they got extra sleep in, all those meals they crammed in, making sure that they, you know, fasted and did all the things, right, that allow them to be there. And so when you're in an experience with plant medicines, so long as you've done the right prep work beforehand, right? Like you're aware of maybe what your intention is. You have been, you know, thinking about this journey for a long time, feeling the call, et cetera. And now you're in the experience and challenge starts arising. It can be really easy for your mind to go, this isn't what was supposed to happen. Like, no, no, this isn't what I wanted. I wanted happiness. I wanted more joy, et cetera. I wanted all these different things. And in that moment, it's kind of like that corner man shift, right? Where like you become your own MC and you remind yourself like, dude, I took a medicine and this is exactly what I wanted it to do. This must be all of this negativity or discomfort or uncomfortability that I'm experiencing. This must be exactly what's preventing me from seeing myself as God. And so like that, that statement, mm -hmm. it's just a pattern interrupt to remind myself like, I know why I'm here and I chose to be here and I can do this, you know? And I absolutely love that because- you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, the mind can play these certain tricks on us. And at the end of the day, I really think the mind is trying to call us forward. The mind will allow us to fall into a story of like, am I powerful enough to do this? So that we have to tell ourselves, yes, we are. Because every time we do, who's the one that says, yes, we are. And who's the one that asks? Well, we're the one that says, yes, we are. We're not the one that really asks. And so it allows us to start reorienting and continue reorienting ourselves towards whom what we truly are. And be able to have compassion for these parts that may be scared, et cetera, but be able to be the father figure at the amusement park when all the kids are afraid on the ride, knowing you guys are going to be fine. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of family members that really do believe that we are doing ourselves harm by connecting with this plant because that's what they were institutionalized to believe, too, of like, man, this is pretty hilarious. You know, like that's that's the thing I'll usually do right after that statement is I took a medicine and the medicine is working. And then I'll just think about the story I'm going to tell. And how like, it might not be funny right now, but someday this is going to be really funny. And that will inevitably get me to laugh. And as soon as I've laughed, it's like, ah, like you can't be mad now. You laughed, you alchemized the energy. You know, now you realize that it's not inherently a bad thing happening. So once you crack through that, then you're back to the races, you know? So that's what I always say. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I think some of my funniest moments in my life have definitely been connecting with cannabis. You know, it's not all serious. There are so many things that we utilize every single day in our lives that are so much more dangerous than cannabis ever could be. And yet cannabis is treated as if it is heroin in our country. A, a fun energy. And, you know, I even have, I often am like, this is my higher self strain. This is my inner child strain. Like it very much brings out, you know, the joy. It's not all negative. So the, the last thing you said there was, you know, I can do this. And something I say a lot is like, we can do hard things. We can do the mm -hmm. things that scare us. And, you know, healing works messy. Like it looks different for everybody. It's not linear. It's all over the place. And plant medicine is just another tool in the toolkit, just like breath work, just like cold plunges. You can combine them all together. You can do some or none. Everybody's potion of healing is different. And so mm. we just offer this today as, you know, a suggestion to potentially help people on their path. 
even if you're not ready or for whatever reason are able to connect with cannabis or plant medicine, there are still things that you can distill from this conversation today that you can put into place into the relationships in your life. For example, you had said, Ryan, about reparenting yourself. Amaris, you shared about re-exalting the relationship with plant medicine and we are the one that puts that joint or that pipe or that or that volcano bag to our lips. And as a result, we must be responsible for what happens after that. We decided to come back together right after some space is taken, after we're able to now look in the mirror during that time of separation and then come back and treated that as a ceremony, right? We sat together before either of us ever start talking. We state our intentions just like we would with our plant medicine, right? This is my intention for this conversation. I intend to return us back to love, hmm. right? These are practices that we can start utilizing in our relationships so that we can begin loving consciously and relating consciously so that we can begin healing these wounds so that we're not all running around causing more emotional poison for each other. Hmm. So beautiful. 100%. Yeah, I love also that you mentioned the four agreements earlier. Don Miguel mm. Ruiz is like my favorite author right now. Awesome. Mastery of Love, the Four Agreements. Yeah, he is whew, so wise. What a gangster. That yeah. guy's such a gangster. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> really beautiful, really beautiful writer. Ryan, thank you so much. I want to give you a moment to, I know you're doing so many things. And how can our listeners connect with you? Where where can they find your podcast, your website, your Instagram? Your Instagram is super entertaining i love how fun you make it i love the video where you were like people on cannabis are lazy and then y'all can't see ryan right now but he's just like super jacked and ripped and is like doing all these very not lazy things <laughs> which i love but yeah you keep it so fun you keep it so relatable so how can people connect with you oh this has been so much fun guys thank you so much for having me on i'm so excited to come back on and keep riffing you know one thing i'll say too before i dive into where people can find me is you know, we talked a lot about how cannabis is a medicine, right? And, you know, one of the things that a lot of people may have as a limiting belief within them is that if they need medicine, they must be sick or broken because we've been used to sick care, right? And I'm not here to discount Western medical or say that it doesn't have any place. It, of course, has a place, but it's taken up way too much. What does it not help would more be the mm. question at this point. Are you hopefully never going to get in a car accident and need Western med? or, you know, maybe be in a life threatening situation versus how often do you wake up and are a human being like you're going to need uh, health care, true health care every single moment of your life, you're going to need sick care, hopefully, hopefully not too often. And so like my good buddy, Stephen Gray always says, you know, cannabis is a medicine that you can be excited about, you can be inspired, you can be appreciative, you can be pumped to be utilizing this form of health care this true form of being able to come into greater health within yourself. And so I wanted to throw that in there as well. And also, you know, like you guys echoed at the end, you know, by no means is cannabis necessary for this, or is it the only way to get there? There are infinite different rivers that lead ultimately to the same sea. And the only one that is wrong is the person telling you that theirs is the only way to get there. That's mm. some of the best advice I've ever gotten. Whenever you mm. get into a spiritual organization or a religion or you're in any type of thing and they start telling you this is the only way, run for the hills. I've gotten myself into a couple of those scenarios where in reality, the people I've spoken with in my life, like Hamilton Souther and the people that are truly so full of wisdom 
are always like, I mean, it doesn't matter how you get there. You could play tennis and it could get you there, you know, like who cares? <laughs> so I wanted to throw that in too, but you can find me on Instagram at the real Ryan Sprague. My last name is S P R A G U E. Funny story about that. When I went on Aubrey's podcast, I was like, Hey, I should probably check and see if my like address is out there on public information. So I Googled my name one day, found nothing about me, but I did find a lot about this other Ryan Sprague, who's the host of mysteries decoded and a regular on ancient aliens. And I was like, what is the fucking chances of that? Right. So I ended up hitting him up and, you know, so I don't mean to say he's any less real, but my name is the real Ryan Sprague on Instagram. And then uh, we also have Breathe With Cannabis once a month. We got the March 14th edition coming up, the Purpose edition. It's going to be super fun. We're doing the in-person ones uh, in uh, Lockhart, Texas on the 30th at Aubrey's Farm. Uh, it'll be like 150 people will have tickets uh, live for that soon. And then we're doing Confluence, uh, Alex Zex's music festival uh, out in San Antonio, Texas, April 5th to the 9th. And we'll be doing Breathe With Cannabis on the main stage there, which is going to be super fun. Um, and then we also have the Conscious Cannabis Collective. This is our like deep dive. So if you guys want to go super deep, this is a six month container. We have three different programs in there, weekly calls, the entire thing. That is the ultimate deep dive into everything we do. And then you can also find both the podcasts, the highly optimized podcast and the this one time on psychedelics podcast. I keep myself busy with those. And other than that, I think those are all the best places you can find me. So thank you guys so much. And for all the listeners, if you have any questions, please reach out. I love chatting with people. It's the thing that fulfills me more than anything. I am the connection person. Uh, I just love connecting more than anything. So definitely reach out, ask me any questions. uh, And I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah. One last thing I want to say before I let you go. I love, love, love what you said about there not being one path. And like, Mm -hmm. that should be a major red flag. And that ties right to gurus, right? Like every guru, every good guru will tell you, you are your own guru. And Last thing I want to share with you is we'll see you soon because we are currently about to head towards New Mexico. We'll be spending a month in Texas. There's like five events all in April, May. And so we're going to be there at the in-person Breathe with Cannabis and I cannot wait. So, um, but definitely listeners check out Ryan, connect with Ryan and all these beautiful places. His podcasts are amazing. I think we've said this 20 times. Thank you for the work that you're doing to help heal this relationship. You dropped so much wisdom and I just, I love you so much. I love your energy. I love your heart and we are rooting for you and we will just keep pushing forward. Conscious love, conscious cannabis, conscious everything. So thank you, Ryan. Oh, thank you guys so much. Have the best day ever. And thank you for charging my battery. (laughs) 